This is another interview brought to you by TheBatmanUniverse.net. Hi, this is Stephen Hill, game director on Batman Arkham Asylum. Hi, this is Lee Bermeo. Hi, I'm Brandon Vietti, director of Under the Red Hood. Hi, this is Gail Simone. Hi, this is James Tucker. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgens. Hi, this is Bruce Tim. This is Michael Jelinek from The Brave and the Bold. Hi, this is Andrea Romano. Hi, my name's Dan DeDeal. Hi, my name's Claiborne Moore with the CS Moore Studio. Hi, this is Jim Lee. This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, it's Sean DiMaggio. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. to the Batman Universe specials. Today we have with us an artist who is going to be working on an upcoming story arc with Superman Batman, and it's Wills Portacio. Welcome, Wills. Hey, hey. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Glad to be here. And, of course, we have Apple with us as well. So let's get right to the questions. Well, first, Wills, we, we all know that this isn't your first time working on Batman. As we all know, you worked on the first six issues of Batman Confidential, how exactly did you get involved with Batman Confidential? At, at that time, I was under contract with uh, DC. I guess it was kind of an obvious choice. So Dan, Dan called me up and said, uh, hey, um, would you like to do first issues of this new book? And, you know, it's like, of course. I mean, any artist would love to do the Batman. And this being my first time, it was more than easy to, to say yes to this. In regards to the new Superman Batman story, when we talked with you back at Wizard World Texas, you mentioned that you worked on this story a long time ago. How did you get involved with that story arc, and what can you tell us about the story without revealing too much? Again, I was I was still under contract. My contract ended early last year, and so I wanted to do something. There wasn't that much time left in my contract, so I, but I still wanted to do something. And I, and I here we were at DC, and I was, you know, I was hoping maybe it would be something involving another character I've never done before, Superman. Dan Didio calls up and says, "Hey, why don't you talk to Eddie Braganza and do a little run of Superman Batman?" And again, you know, it was one of those. Those easy things to say yes to. The great thing about my little run on Superman, Batman, I guess also because of the short period before my contract ran out and they wanted to make sure that I, I did something, you know, open and close at that point, three issues. Dan and Eddie allowed us extreme freedom to just play around with whatever we wanted to do. And Eddie was able to hook me up with Dan Abnett and, and Andy Lanning, the DNA, and it just turns out we both had in common that we loved doing full-blown, you know, over-the-edge superhero stories. So I go, well, you know, uh, one of my inspirations um, when I was a kid was Jack Kirby and the uh, crazy stories that him and Stan used to do. And I said, you know, hey, let's try to do something really epic and really far and, you know, really push me as an artist. A couple weeks later, they came back. And one of the very few projects where I, I, I didn't really have any, you know, suggestions or revisions to. I mean, it, it was just, you know, hey, let's do this thing and go really crazy. Let's have Superman get caught in the nanoverse, and that adversely affects him. And he gets really strong and powerful, but he can't get out, and so he needs Batman to get him out. And so Batman has to shrink down and, and, and get him out. And in this nanoverse world since it's you know basically another realm another world we could do whatever we want 
So the DNA came up with dumping two new sentient species on me, and one of them are robots, and that species, the thousand of them, at the end of the story are get together and make a humongous robot, and it, it was just, you know, balls to the wall, you know, just go really crazy. And um, especially at the time, especially with these two characters, Superman and Batman, um, it was really fun just artistically pushing myself. And I have to say that these three issues were, you know, I, I guess aside from what works and, and some of the stuff that we did with, with the X-Men, I have to say that these three issues were some of the most fun I've ever had drawing comics. Oh, man, that's awesome. Speaking about your art style, in Wizard World Texas, of course, you know, about some of your artwork, especially the Batman, what do you find most fun about drawing Batman? I mean, other than the obvious, you know, that he's a dark character, and I've historically loved drawing dark characters. They seem to come easy to me. As an artist, I like to approach things differently. So um, when I think of Batman and what little I've done so far with the character, I, I like to think of, like, for instance, the Batman Confidential separate from the Batman Superman. The Batman Superman, like I said it earlier, was just a, an epic, all-out, fun-fest, pure superhero story. So I just took the two characters, Superman and Batman, to the extreme. Batman, obviously, to the dark extreme. In fact, the first two issues, if you see a shadow, that's where Batman is. He's hiding in the shadows. He's lurking in the shadows. He's living in the shadows. And that was fun artistically because then if I had Superman near him, I had to make sure that there was a space of light somewhere in that room where Superman could live. I mean, that's just the way I looked at it. Now, when I did Batman Confidential, the plot that um, Andy Diggle gave to me, the very first scene was a scene where Batman was looking at a crime scene and he was looking at it in detail, kind of like Sherlock Holmes would look at all of the minute evidence that he could see. And so that told me it was kind of a, a technical, detail-oriented story. And so I decided to approach Batman in that way. Instead of an iconic, do a lot of shadows and everything, I tried to approach it in a detailed how would a real human being motivated that way would take on the persona of, of a Batman? That's why one thing I love doing is designing things. And that's why I designed Batman's costume that way. If you look very closely, the Batman Confidential Batman and the Superman Batman Batman are not only stylistically different, but the makeup, the construction of the costumes are different. In the Batman Confidential, I always thought that, you know, like for instance, the cowl, I always thought that it wouldn't just be a costume piece, his, his head cowl. Obviously, you, 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 you would make it a costume kind of a piece, to, as I think it's stated in other Batmans, uh, caused appearance, his appearance to strike fear in, in, in criminals. But I always thought, uh, but then I thought, okay, let's go to the practical bit too, in that if you notice, he has kind of a pronounced forehead. And I envision like a Kevlar plate or something in his forehead so that he could have at his dis disposal the tool of not only headbutting somebody, but headbutting somebody with, you know, a reinforced forehead uh, that would, you know, really hurt, you know, at the very least. And then in other instances, you know, as a helmet, like a motorcycle helmet, it, it, it'd be reinforced that way. 
And if he would fall off a bike or somebody would push him or blast him off a building or something, he could survive extreme head trauma and such. In those ways, that's how I dealt with the detailed plot that Andy Beagle gave me. And just personality-wise as an artist, I, I love being able to look through a script and try to find within the script a way to artistically approach the character, not only how to draw him, but also how to construct his costume and, and any gear that he might have. And, of course, Batman Batman has, you know, a lot of fun gear. So it was great being able to, in Confidential, you know, design my version of the Batbike, my version of the Batmobile, my version of the Batwing, you know, and then all his tools and stuff. So uh, that, that, that was my approach to Batman and... and that's where I have. Actually, interesting enough, when I'm drawing, the most fun I have is actually in preparing to draw. Is is the the designing, the construction of things. I, I like the idea of you know the design aspect too, because that, that's when you really come up with the ideas for everything. Were you a Batman fan growing up? Oh, oh yeah. The Batman that was introduced to me was, curiously enough, introduced to me by Scott Williams. He had a huge Neil Adams collection, and and part of any Neil Adams collection are his Batmans. And I just love the the human, sleek way that and realistic way that Neil approached Batman. And and so that had yes, that had a lot of influence in in the way I have always thought of Batman. And so when it came my time to play with the character, that was paramount in my mind how to how to not only keep him sleek, but how to utilize you know like we were talking about earlier my 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 interest in in construction and design. Did you enjoy any of the recent Batman films? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a film buff, but I I uh, I don't get too much into the. Batman mythos in the movies, just just for the fact that I understand the last two Batman, which are great, you know, moved the character a, a bit, but I didn't like that glut of Batmans where all they really did was, you know, redo the origins. There is so much, so much that you could do with Batman, so much that hasn't yet been done in the movies that have been done in the comics. I mean... There are tons of stories, and um, as much as I, I think, the, especially the last Batman was fantastic, and I like how they did drive the character. But I, I wish, I wish that you know, ten years ago, they they would have started pushing the character as they are starting to do right now. Yeah, yeah, and that we had we had talked to Tim Sell about that because we had told him that they were you know using some of him and what Jeff did from Dark Victory and the Long Halloween, huh. and he was very interested in how they, he was very flattered how they were using some other stuff in the movie. Yeah, finally. You know, it's it's finally. I mean, I'm glad that Hollywood is finally getting the, you know, wake, waking up, you know. Hey, these, these characters are popular for a reason. And um, there's a plethora of, you know, creative writers and artists that have lent their two cents to, to this character and all and all these other characters that they're trying to make into movies. So I, I hope that I hope that trend keeps. In, in fact, I hope that trend starts going overboard where, with, like with the Frank Miller and, and Neil Gaiman and, and, and other people that, you know, uh, they start really inviting the comic core into, into filmmaking because, hey, this is, this is, comics are the best training ground for film. I mean, you know, you know, on a film set, if only if you have millions and billions of dollars at your disposal, you have 
almost anything happened. But, you know, at uh, a lonely comic artist's, you know, drawing table in his bad cave, he could make anything happen. And, and so, you know, I, I'm just hoping for the day to, to, to see a, a lot of comic artists and writers let loose on the films, you know, making our quote-unquote funny little pictures start to move. Being an artist, and much like how Jeff Matsuda had did the, the Batman cartoon, what do would you see of your style? What would you add to a Batman movie or Batman cartoon? Being a film buff, I, I, and being it being Batman, meaning that it's it, he, for the most part, is a, a very serious character. I mean, his underlining principle of of his genre is you know vigilantism and and all the consequences to that. If I were to do Batman in film. I would really explore, and and these are the thoughts I had with Punisher too. But I would I would more explore because we've because we've gone through his origin and his and his anger and his the revenge aspect of his of his personality and 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 his pent up frustrations and everything. Now take that and. There even has there has come a point even with a Batman even with with Bruce that hey how do I keep my anger alive and to me that's interesting I mean does he then try to approach it in a different way or does he try to somehow maybe in a weird perverted way reinvigorate his fire his anger you know I mean all of us have been angry at one point in time especially when it's personal it lasts a lot longer. But as you grow older, as time goes by, that anger subsides. But, you know, Batman has to be this iconic character through the decades. So how does that anger survive even at that point? And I, I haven't decided which way I would go yet, but that's how I would handle it. Actually, I think I would go the approach of him somehow in a unorthodox way, in a, in a forced way. I would have him reignite his, his anger. And I think by doing that, just doing that with the character, it makes him really, really dark. It brings him to another darker level. And, and so especially with film, film lends itself to, 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 to being dark. So it would be great to start out the movie. We have Batman as this iconic figure that everybody now knows about that's lurking in the shadows. But then everybody understanding that he's just this human guy who's, who's maybe a little crazy and a little angry. But then I'd like to take the movie to the end where he goes from being this angry guy to not just living with his anger, but becoming his anger, where, where he's just always boiling, always burning. And, and, and uh, the consequences to, to Alfred, the consequences to, to everybody that he knows, it would be great to see him, see what, what changes would, would happen in him to make him this again in comics we, we we've broached that a bit too a lot of people a lot of characters in comics like i just read some of jeff john's green lanterns and green lantern has a bit with, with batman and batman is is a little bit pissed off at him for something in the past we we'll go in that too much detail but he's a little pissed off and so he handles him as if he's just batman he doesn't look at him directly and just right. answers yes or no and is a stoic, trying to be scary Batman. And Green Lantern's having none of that. He's, he knows this guy and he goes and, and he tells him, you know, hey, get off it. I'm not just a nobody. I know who you are. And that kind of stuff I would love. So that's the kind of stuff 
I would put into a movie because movies, you can do that detail. You can do that emotion. In comics, we have a limited number of pages, so we have to cut to the action, cut to the heart of the story. I mean, movies, you can get into the detail, get into that nitty-gritty, and that's where I would go with um, Batman in film, into taking him that extra notch. How does he reignite his anger so that he can get out and be out there and not become, you know, his, his unconscious? I think in his subconscious, he would hate to become a goody-two-shoes Superman. So how does he reignite his, his anger so that that doesn't happen to him, that it doesn't just become a job to him. You know, well, you know, I'm ranting right now, but, but yeah, that's where I would go. You mentioned earlier that you basically worked on the upcoming Superman Batman arc right before your contract ended early last year with it finally coming out. What was your feelings drawing these two comic legends together? Interestingly enough, I, I never really thought of drawing Superman. I guess subconsciously I had a lot of the same feelings that a lot of other people have, that he's just this iconic character, and they've taken him to this level of perfection that, that there really wasn't much that you could do with him. But I was fortunate in that I wasn't just drawing a Superman, I was drawing a Superman Batman. And one of the tools that creative people like to use in defining their characters is something called juxtaposition, where if everybody in your comic book is nice, then you don't know how nice Superman is. You know, so Superman needs somebody dark next to him so that you could really see that Superman is the god of light, the god of right, kind of a goody two-shoes. And so when I started drawing them, it was interesting that I really started getting at least visually involved with Superman. I started drawing him really iconic, really pristine. I kept to a lot of my Jack Kirby roots in keeping everybody really superheroic and perfect with Superman. But then with Batman which was a great release for me artistically. At the same time, when I would draw Batman on the, on the page, I would get dirty. I would get dark. I would try to hide him. I, I, wouldn't, I would try not to draw all of him. And, and that was also great. Then there were a couple scenes with Robin in it. So Robin was my kind of like medium point between Superman and Batman. So Robin had some darkness, but Robin was always still in the light. That was the, the fun of actually drawing those two characters. That other than thinking about the scene and the plot where the writers wanted me to take the characters, it was fun just artistically after laying out those, those scenes, those pages, that while I'm actually doing the finished drawing, I could concentrate on, on keeping Superman very simple and very linear, very iconic. And Batman just... just just chopped up, just drawing-wise, chopped up and, and in the dark. Another great thing, again, with, with the freedom that Dan and Eddie gave me, gave us, uh, and, I, and it's not giving anything away because it's the second cover, but there's a point where Superman gets, in the nanoverse, gets overloaded by, by the sun's rays. He basically becomes the Hulk, the DC version of the Hulk. And so artistically, again, historically, I've always drawn, always loved drawing anatomy and, and big anatomy at that. And so um, here, not only did I get to draw a dark Batman and then an iconic Superman, but then I got, got to play around. One of my other favorite things to do is you know, play around with anatomy and, 
and go the full-blown hawkish route too. So all in all, the, the, these these three issues again, like I said earlier, were were encapsulated a lot of the fun that I that I just personally have drawing comics. With that being said, who do you feel more drawn to? Do you feel more drawn to draw Batman or Superman in your own personal view? At this point in my life, I would say Superman. If I had not drawn Superman, Batman, I would say Batman. I say now Superman because, like I said, I, I hadn't really thought of the character. And now that I've started to approach Superman with the Superman, Batman, I'm now really kind of interested to see how far I can go into the light. One interesting thing that came out of drawing these three issues, uh, like I said earlier, I, I like to take the plot and like to try to artistically react to the plot. One, that's a practical reason because you know, I've been drawing about 25, 30 years now. I'm not saying drawing is boring, but drawing can get boring if, if, if I approached everything within those 25 years exactly the same way all the time. Interestingly enough, I drew these three issues a little differently than I usually draw. Usually I, I stay in the shadows and, and I do a lot of hatching. And here is interesting. I, I kind of stayed with just cut shadows and line work, just out, uh, outlines and shapes. So it's, very, it's a very kind of clean style. So just in that sense, I, I think that style, is, it, it worked. I, I was able to make it work for Batman, but it's a style really made for, for Superman, being that he's iconic and clean all the time. So just artistically, just personally at this moment in my career, I... I'd probably like to play around with Superman a little more to see how far I could take that clean, clean style. But judging from my history, I probably will get bored of that really quickly and want to get back into the darkness. So darkness. So I'll, I'll probably <laughs> jump into Batman again after that. Hey, can you guest star? Make Batman guest star again and and, and get rid of Batman, uh, Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right right now, as fans know, you're doing an awesome job on the Spawn title, and of course, every Spawn fan out there is like, "Oh, thank you, Wills. You know, thanks for coming to the book." And I, of course, I'm one. I'm a Spawn fan. So, do you hope to one day to come back to Batman and let Batman fans enjoy your artwork again? Maybe do a Spawn Batman um, crossover or something. I could broach that to Todd. Hey, Todd, uh, uh, you don't have time to do that, Spawn Batman. <laughs> Interesting enough, in light of these issues of Spawn that I'm doing, we just um, sent out some pages today, and the pages I've been working, uh, I was working on last night and this morning were pages of Spawn beating the crap out of an angel. <laughs> At this point in the story, the Spawn character that we're introducing is a new Spawn. He, at this point, he's really getting into the anger thing that I was talking about with Batman in film, mm-hmm. and... I mean, imagine that, you know, we, we, I've drawn now, like, I think six or seven issues, and even though we've introduced a new Spawn, he's, he's had to come out of the gate looking bad like a Spawn is supposed to. But now I've got to take him to another level. And I think I've succeeded in that. And so now, as you're asking me the question of, of doing some more Batman, 
I kind of would like to maybe take some of those those things that that we've done here and see if I can make Batman or my version of Batman the next time around into a more a more angrier Batman. I'd like to figure out a story with some writer to, to encapsulate that. You know that scene in the first Keaton movie where he's hanging upside down and the guys and the guy goes, "Who are you?" And, and he goes, "I'm Batman." And, and Keaton tries to put a lot of force in his voice. I'd like to do the story where, again, like I was saying with the film stuff, that he not only says that line again, but with the force, but he never exhales. He never, you know, even the next day or the next week after that, he, he never, he, he's, he's just pent up with, with, with anger. He's just, and, and I'd like like to somehow show in in his costume and and I think one of the ways that I, I'd like to do that is is to do a little something that we're doing in Spawn is that not only are shadows uh, not only is Spawn clinging to the shadows but it seems like what we're trying to give the feeling of is that even if you had him in a fully lit auditorium with with huge glaring lights the shadows would somehow find Spawn still and I think that's a, a nice way to, to approach Batman, to make him a little more iconic and make him even, make him even maybe golemish, where you know he just doesn't want to get out of the shadows. Where you know Alfred is noticing that he turns off a lot of lights now and and is seemingly working in the dark. And that might be kind of interesting visually too, to to have a couple of scenes which are just really oppressively dark. It's almost as if Batman is, uh, or Bruce is, is now able to see in the dark or something like that. I don't know, I'm, just, I'm just thinking at the top of my head right now. But, yeah, it would be, be great to play with them one day, one thing at a time. So we're at Spawn yeah. right now. And one, you know. So I'm getting, actually, but, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, yeah, because it is Spawn and because it is a dark character, too, I'm getting uh, some of my Batman stuff out. My Batman energy's out in spawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Wilson, I'm sure you've heard of the Batman black and white statues. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, is there any plans uh, I, I, to bring I'd your Batman to out? Yeah, I would love to. You know, I guess the only thing I could really say there is it's not, you know, it's not my decision, but actually that's uh, maybe in a, in, in a different way. I can tackle the answer in a different way in that I always like experimenting and playing with different mediums and different things just to keep myself, you know, uh, to keep myself from getting bored artistically. And so I've often wanted to, in, in my perfect world, I, I would, uh, I would take on a new book and I would have two or three weeks to, to set myself up to, to, to do all the designs and stuff. And part of that would be to, to actually sculpt my, my characters out so that I could visually have that character in my style out in front of me to, to, to inspire me. I know every time I go to a convention or, or to a shop and, and I see these sculpts, uh, I'm just drawn to them. I, I, just, I love the fact of, you know, that, that people like us could work in this medium in 2D on paper, flat, you know, as 2D is, and I just think it's really marvelous for for a sculptor then to to take that and and bring it to life, so to speak. And and you could have it in front of you, and 
and also artistically because you have it in front of you. I can uh, exercise some of my my film directing energies and, and and have them in front of me and light them in different ways and try to and try to incorporate that into into my drawing. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get Dan on the phone. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know fans know right now that you're busy on Spawn. Do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on? At this point in my career now, you can say I'm I'm in the image vein right now. So we're slowly working on that Image United six-issue one-off. And because of that, because of circumstances with wet work, we can't use that. So I've created a new character, Fortress. The game plan right now is to to use the Image United miniseries or whatever you want to call it as the the launch vehicle for Fortress. So underneath all this time, unfortunately, with the Spawn Office, I've been able to set up my schedule so that I draw, for the most part, I draw Spawn during the week, and I can have the weekends to to do my own personal projects. So the only immediate thing right now I am doing are the the, the new image series from Fortress. And, but in between that, I'm you know doing little bits and pieces here like uh, I'm now setting up with Top Cow to do a couple things for them and I've already done uh, a cover for Valentino so at, at this at this juncture right now I'm just doing some image things what I'm mostly concentrating on right now is making sure that you know um, Spawn comes out the way we want it to come out and it comes out continuously on time and that that's that's what we're doing, and then that's what I'm, I'm having fun doing right now. I, I think this year will, will will be spawn mostly for me with just little bits, like I say, with Mark and, and some other people within Image. Um, next year, I, I, you know, I got that itch again. I guess I, I I I thought I'd gotten rid of that itch, and I wanted to go into different mediums. From that itch to create characters, uh, I'm kind of let's say sharpening my penciling tool again, getting it back into shape and the gear to do the monthly grind and fortunately I'm uh, having a lot of luck there after that after that muscle gets finely tuned then it's great time for me again see what I could pull out of my head there's a lot of things that I'm working on with uh, various friends and so but this again will be for next year this year will be just set up time for that Okay, and then the last thing we wanted to ask you is we just wanted to let your fans know of any conventions that you'll be attending in the next couple months. At the end of the month, I think I'll be in Melbourne in Australia. Yeah, March 27th and 29th. And the week right after that, I'll be in Boston, April 4th, the 5th. And then, of course, there's, you know, there's San Diego and probably Chicago and some of the big cons there. That's the usual stuff. The only other thing I have lined up in is September in Tulsa, in Oklahoma. Never been there yet. Oh, okay. Well, we want to we want to thank you a lot for coming on the show and letting us know all about your work and the upcoming story in Superman Batman. It'll be available next week, so make sure you go pick up Superman Batman. Thank you again, Wolves. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was fun talking to you. Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time.